Hey, top of the day to you, Wednesday, May 4th, 2022. My name is Mike. This is the Freight Broker TV podcast every Wednesday and Saturday. And uh, warning, be warned now, some of this, some of this podcast, you're going to think is Saturday's podcast this past Saturday, but it's not. It's Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Uh, the reason it's going to sound like it's Saturday, well, simply because a lot of the same stuff keeps popping up, and you'll see what I'm talking about uh, when I get there. First, let's get to this. I, it was brought to my attention, and I'm not sure about it, but I'll I'll do it anyway. It was brought to my attention that Saturday's impossible question was not answered by me. <laughs> it happens occasionally. Anyway, Saturday's uh, impossible question, 15% of us admit to lying about this all the time. What is this? Well, the answer was flossing our teeth. Flossing. All right, that brings us to today's impossible question. And again, if I forget to answer the question before we complete, hopefully I'll remember to tell you Saturday, huh? (laughs) Anyway, 45% of people who exercise regularly say they do this at least once a week. What is it? 45% of people who work out on a regular basis say they do this at least once a week. What is it? The answer, hopefully, before we finish today. My name is Mike. I'm your host. I'm also the lead consultant for Tautoa. We are a transportation consulting training firm. We work with freight brokers, freight broker agents, trucking companies. If you want to check us out, check us out at Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com. If you have any questions, you can call me. 479-668-0838. Be happy to talk to you about anything we have to offer at Taltoa. Now, it's Wednesday, May the 4th. <clears throat> the topic of this FBTV podcast is going to be startup start up i'm talking about freight brokerage your overhead and how i always tell my clients to keep that overhead low we're going to be talking about that coming up today that's going to be the main topic so we are going to be looking at what it will cost to actually start your own freight brokerage so if that interests you you want to stick around for that All right, now, Saturdays, every Saturday morning, 9 a.m., well, most, we're getting getting to that point, that time of the year, where we'll still have a Saturday podcast or video podcast we'll post on YouTube for sure, but uh, been doing the live stream on YouTube on Saturday mornings, that's our Q&A date, we're still going to have the videos, but as far as live stream, some of these might be pre-recorded. And, uh, well, we'll see what happens Saturday. Saturday may not, may, you know, may be one of those exceptions where instead of live, we've just posted the video, make it available at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning. Now, why is that? Because, well, it's starting to, uh, starting to become pretty nice weather. Uh, Sunday, this past Sunday, 
we had the nicest spring day of the year so far. It got up in the 80s. The wind was, uh, I don't know, from the south, southeast, something like that, about one, two miles an hour, just enough breeze to kind of counteract that sun hitting you. It was, it was comfortable. The water was calm out there on that lake all day. Got a big old bass. I, sh- I don't know why I didn't put that up here. I should have. Almost a four-pounder. But anyway, that that's a that's a tournament fish. <laughs> you know, you, you want to catch those when you're in the tournaments. You know, five of those, and you've had a good day. But anyway, that's besides the point. And then uh, Monday, uh, Tuesday, today, tomorrow, wet, stormy, 60s, nasty weather. Matter of fact, we're, we're at that point in the year where a lot of the lakes around here are starting to flood out. Matter of fact, if you're familiar with this area, you have probably heard, and I say area, I'm talking about uh, Arkansas, Oklahoma area. You have probably heard of Ten Killer Lake, and right now they're over 12 foot above normal. And I don't know why the Corps of Engineers lets that lake do that. I know it's a flood control lake, but uh, still. <sighs> Marinas all over the lake. You can't launch your boat. And if we really have a rainy weather or season, it, it stays that way pretty much all summer. You know, you know, I've seen it uh, still flooded out Fourth uh, of July, and and the sad thing is those marinas up there, those people up there, they just have a limited amount of time every year to make their money. I mean, they're they're big money. You know, yeah, they got boats at the marina every every month that pay, but uh, they still only have X amount of time to make that money. You know, the big money, tourist time, summertime. Well, if people can't get to the lake or it's flooded out, they can't get to the marina, guess what? You know, it is what it is. All right, enough of that uh, talk. They're going to be talking about CS, uh, CVSA Road Check today, too. That's coming up May 17th. I've been telling you about it for the, I don't know, last uh, month, maybe? But it, it's getting serious now. Uh, less than, well, yeah, right at two weeks away. So be talking about that. Yeah, I think it's going to be 17th through 19th. I think that's Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday, so it starts two weeks from yesterday. All right, it's May 4th. Today is Bird Day. You know, that fly around. (laughs) Not the other kind. Orange Juice Day. It's also Star Wars Day. All right, now, before we get too far into this, there is something I want to bring up and that something is about the people's convoy yep they are you haven't heard about it very much lately well they are uh, they left DC and went back to California they regrouped and I'm trying to pull this up so I can share it with you they are Headed back to D.C. They say they've learned something. All right. I'm not going to talk about this too much, but uh, 
I'll just read this a little bit to you. The convoy headed back to California at the end of March after several weeks of protesting in Washington, D.C. During their stay in California, the convoy protested several bills mostly related to public health policies related to COVID-19. The convoy was met with protesters armed with eggs during at least one of these demonstrations. Uh, it goes on to talk about... Uh, yeah, it says, we've learned some stuff since uh, last last time, since our last convoy. Enough is enough. When we go back to D.C., we are not the same convoy that uh, went there the first time. We are not the same convoy that left there. We are coming back with teeth and a backbone. They are... I don't know what they're... Okay, in this one, in this article I'm reading, it looks like they're still talking about COVID-19. Because it says, if, if passed, these bills set the stage for other states to introduce similar laws. We know that what starts in California spreads to other blue states, purple states, and potentially at federal level affects everyone. All right. I'm all for what they're doing. I, I'll stand about a trucker every day of the week, twice on Sunday. My question is COVID. COVID's pretty much yesterday's news. What about fuel prices? What about speed limiters? What about things that... Uh, are really important right now because I think the COVID thing is pretty much yesterday. Not knocking it. I understand. I'm with you guys 100%, but let's get that fuel price stuff out there. I mean, it's over. It, record highs. Fuel price is $5.50 a gallon for diesel. For diesel. That's up 35 cents from a week ago. This million barrels a day that uh, Biden has so graciously allowed to be released from the uh, reserve, if it has even started yet, not doing much. Gasoline price is up only eight cents a gallon, four dollars and eighteen cents a gallon, but it still hurts. You know, I believe that's probably for what the regular unleaded. crazy my wife is looking at trading in her uh, I call it a minivan but if you call it a minivan she'll get you she, it's an SUV uh, technically it's an SUV it's a Dodge Journey but they have Dodge minivans that look just like the Journey but they're a minivan and I'm an, I, uh, the way it's explained to me is the door the sliding door don't I don't know but anyway <clears throat> looking at trading her SUV off well you remember back uh, last July I bought me a truck Chevy the Z71 Silverado trail boss well we went to the lot where I bought my truck last year 
not a lot of new inventory. They had a lot of used, but they had a 2021 Chevrolet Sierra. Not a Z71. Not, not, uh, not anything special. Just a used Chevrolet Silverado. It was 4x4. 17,000 miles on it. Chipped up pretty good. From the road gravel. You know, it's, it's been on the highway a little bit. <laughs> they wanted $8,000 more for that used 2021 Chevy, uh, Chevy Silverado four-wheel uh, drive, 4x4. Four four, that had 17,000 miles on it. $8,000 more than what I paid for mine brand new less than a year ago that's how stupid prices are getting right now matter of fact the the salesman is the same guy that sold me my truck nice guy i'd, I'd use him again and again uh, honest you know and uh, no games I, I can't stand it when these car lots start playing games with you well here you know do that tic-tac-toe thing ah, get away from me matter of fact we were looking at ah, that's another story we'll talk about that later on maybe but uh he said, yeah, the value of my truck now is more than what I what I originally paid for it. Isn't that weird? It is what it is. Anyway. All right. Uh, spot rates from last week. Van rates down 1%. Flatbed rates up 0.5%. Refrigerated down 0.9%. Spot rates from last month. Spot rates, just to remind you. An average rate per mile that a broker is paying a truck to move load from point A to point B for a specific type of equipment. Now, these are averages only. To get a true spot rate, you got to put in the type of equipment, uh, have the city and state origin, city and state destination. Okay. Uh, spot rates from last month. Van up $0.04 to uh, 285 per mile. Flatbed rates up $0.06 cents from last month, up to 348 per mile. Refrigerated up two cents uh, to three eighteen. That's over last month uh, spot rate. So even though spot rates from last week uh, for van and refrigerated are down a hair, flatbeds up a hair. The the rates are up across the board from last month. That that's a good sign. That's a good sign. Spot rates starting to go back up. I know we had that little issue here a while back. Where spot rates weren't doing too much, they they weren't adjusting. You know, you had to have a, uh, you really had to have a uh, contract rate to be able to do anything about that. What is that up there? Hold on a minute. Let's see if uh, that better. Yep, get, get my focus back. <laughs> Done messed everything up here, haven't I? See, told you. <laughs> That is that was strange. What well, what it amounts to uh, the uh, camera? It's got a it's got a mic on it. Obviously, we don't use it in the studio. And uh, on that mic, it's actually it's got a uh, oh, what do they call it? Uh, wind screen on it, but it's made out of hair. You know, it's just for when you're outside. So it really cuts down that noise when the wind's blowing. And I was looking at the monitor, and I saw some of the hair flying down in front of that camera. And when I went to move it, 
kind of goofed everything up but it is what it is all right let's see what do we got here where was i does anybody remember does it really matter all right not talking about spot rates okay now let's uh, get into some uh talk here you know over the uh what is that doing in there over the uh last uh, month or so I've been telling you about uh, CVSA 72 hour road check coming up it's coming up next week or two weeks from yesterday that that's the uh, the days I recommend if you are a driver owner operator whatever take some time off stay home don't need that headache. There's enough headaches out there on the road. Don't need the DOT getting in your back pocket, slowing you down. But anyway, it is what it is. 72-hour road check, May 17th through 19th. Four possible outcomes if you have a level 1 or a level 5 inspection. During road check, most drivers, most of you, if you go in, you'll get a level 1 inspection. That's a 37-step process to confirm compliance with driver operating requirements and vehicle mechanical fitness. Inspectors can also choose to conduct the Level 2 walk-around driver vehicle inspection. Level 3, driver credential administrative uh, inspection. Level 5, vehicle-only inspection. But generally, under the CVSA road checks, Level 1 and uh, Level 5. So, uh, if you are selected to undergo Level 1 or 5 uh, inspection, there are four things that can happen following the completion of the inspection. If you're new to this, or never really knew, here are the four things that can happen. Vehicle passes inspection with no violations. If no violations are found, you'll get the CVSA decal. It's going to be applied to the vehicle, usually up there in the window. shows that CVS, that CVSA, indicating the vehicle successfully passed inspection. So hopefully you won't be uh, bothered for three months after you get that that's the idea but don't you know it's not always it's not a promise it's just you know other DOT officers said hey you know he's got the sticker we'll leave him alone okay the uh, second thing that can happen to you <clears throat> violations are found but they are not critical vehicle inspection item violations when an inspector identifies vehicle violations but they are not critical vehicle inspection item violations the inspector will note those violations on the <laughs> inspection report and the vehicle will be permitted to continue vehicles without critical inspection item violations are eligible to receive a CVSA decal however a decal will not be issued if violations are present on the rear impact guard or as most of us would call them DOT bumper <clears throat> yeah, they're making a bit. I've seen it in the news. I haven't talked about it much, but they're making a big to do about these DOT bumpers lately, and I don't know why. They seem to work, keep vehicles from you know running up under you, but apparently not enough. Okay, third uh, third thing that can happen following a level one or level five inspection: violations of critical vehicle inspection items are found, but they are not out of service conditions. When an inspector identifies a critical vehicle inspection item violation, the inspector will note those violations on the inspection report. 
and the vehicle will be permitted to continue. Vehicles with critical vehicle inspection item violations are not eligible to receive the CVSA decal. Oh. <laughs> yeah, whenever I was driving, I, you know, if I get into a new truck, I always wanted that decal up there. You know, I don't know why. It just made me feel all warm and fuzzy. Kind of like my shield from the DOT. Not really, but made you feel good. And the fourth, the fourth thing that can happen after a level one or level five inspection, out of service violations are discovered. Those will make it to your CSA. If critical viol uh, critical vehicle inspection item violations are found and the condition is identified in the North American standard out of service criteria, the inspector will render the vehicle out of service, which means the vehicle cannot be operated until the identified violations have been repaired. So if you're going to be out on the road next week or two weeks from now and you get inspected level one or level five, uh, these are the four things that can happen. One of these four things will happen guaranteed. All right. Let's kind of let's talk about our topic of the day here. Our topic of the day, a startup, you're starting a freight brokerage or you're thinking about it. Maybe you want to start out as a freight broker agent. We'll get into that in a moment. But uh, we're going to focus on starting a freight brokerage company. Obviously, you're going to want to get an LLC. First thing you want to do, get that LLC. All right. And depending on your state, you know, it's... I'm not even going to guess. You know, I know uh, Arkansas, I think, is it's 150. And uh, no, no, Arkansas is 50. The franchise fee is 150 a year for LLC. California, a different animal. I was talking to somebody from out there the other day, and it's just got a nut money, stupid money for what it is. But anyway. Getting your authority, if you're using uh, an agent to get your authority for you, you're going to pay a couple hundred more, but uh, you're going to make sure it's done right. Uh, it's going to file your application for authority for your broker license, UCR, BOC3. You're looking at about $650 there total if you hire somebody to do that for you, and I highly recommend that. So that way it's one where you don't have to be concerned about. Your bond. Your bond is going to run anywhere from $1,000 and up couple of things they're looking at, uh, your experience in transportation, and your credit. If you are planning to get your authority pretty quick, uh, I'm talking about within the next 60 days, you can go to pretty much any of the bonding company, Property Broker Surety Bond. You want the uh, uh, Property Broker Surety Bond, and there are bonding companies that do it. Uh, throw a plug out there for JW Surety Bonds. Matter of fact, on their website, on the home page, they got a form there you can fill out. Okay, uh, and you'll get a quote, and that quote is good for a couple of months. So before you even think about stepping out, getting your own authority, you want to know how much that bond's going to cost you because, you know, if you paid that money to get your authority and you can't get the bond because it's too expensive, well, what are you going to do? You can't get that. You can't unfile your authority, get your money back. Now, those are the things you're going to need to be legal. So, so far, we got 650 and if you're 
get your bomb for a thousand, you're under two thousand dollars. But we're not done. That's just to be legal. Well, you know, you get the whatever it costs. You get the LLC too. Insurance. You 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 want insurance, even though it's not required as a broker. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day. Somebody called me. Uh, a driver. I don't know if he's a driver owner operator. I think he's just a driver. And we were talking about it, and uh, you know, he was just going through everything about uh, this and that. Yeah, it's not too bad. You know, from what I've learned out here on the road, that that kind of thing. And then we started talking about the reality of uh, starting your own brokerage. He kind of, you know, backed up at another opinion about it. But anyway. Insurance, even though it's not required, you're going to want some insurance. Number one reason is it makes the customer that you're trying to get to work with you as a broker feel all warm and fuzzy inside where they want to work with you because they're looking for that insurance. They've just been trained whenever they set up a new tracking company with their, you know, to haul their freight, you know, they've been trained to look for the insurance. And so that's what they're doing when you send them over your, your, uh, broker package. Okay. Now. Contention cargo. The contention cargo is set up to basically, I mean, it does something, but I call it a do nothing policy. It's, you know, you can find it for under $1,000 a year. And what it's doing actually is that should the trucking company, for whatever reason, fail to pay on cargo damage, or whatever it might be. That's what your contingent cargo is for. Just in case. Contingent. Just in case. E&O. That's Arizona Missions. This is a business of contracts. Probably want to get that. Uh, you're looking at $2,000 and up there. Contingent auto liability. Always recommended. Now, this is not required. But this, you know, E&O and contingent auto. That protects you. Okay. It's the broker. General liability. A lot of customers today want general liability. Okay, trucking companies have general liability as well. Most most uh, shippers want the trucking company of general liability as well. You know, you you can add it, and it's going to vary depending on you know a lot of variables there. You just have to get a quote from your insurance people. Uh, but my recommendation is always, you know, until you need it. You know, you may have a customer that wants you to get it before they'll work with you, but there's no guarantee that you're going to move any of their freight after you spent the money to get the policy. So, you know, until, until it's, you know, worth your while to make sure, you know, you can make your money back on it. Load boards. Yeah, you're going to have to add load boards. You know, think about that. Uh, what? Uh, one, two, three... $55 a month for the full boat on that. Uh, you got DAT, depending on which version you get. DAT Express is, what, 139 a month, I think. Uh, DAT Power, uh, 235 one or the other there. And if you start out with Express, I will tell you, you will <laughs> you'll step up to Power uh, pretty quick. Uh, just the bells and whistles. You know, that's what it amounts to. Then you got uh, Truck Stop. $99 a month. Do you want all three? Maybe not when you first start, but yeah, you will. If you're getting your own brokerage, uh, there's no way around it. Uh, now, you may be thinking, well, why do I need three load boards? Well, it's, it's pretty simple, actually. All right. 
you, you don't know which trucking company is using what load board. Some trucking companies may be using a combination of all three. Some may be using just one of them. Uh, by having, you know, three different load boards, you're going to be expand your reach. Uh, so more trucking companies will see your load, and you'll be able to see more trucks. That makes sense. All right. Then you got your TMS, freight broker TMS. You're looking at about $100 a month there. Now, I know there are some out there that are free, and uh, but you start adding people, that's where it starts getting costly. You know, uh, some TMS. Uh, a TMS, is, as a matter of fact, we got a video coming up, uh, a standalone video. It's going to be popping up on YouTube here in the next couple of weeks uh, where we uh, kind of get in detail about a TMS. But the TMS is just basically your freight broker software. It keeps track uh, of all the details of your loads. You know, it's where you're going to build load confirmations. It's where you're going to be able to uh, put all the criteria for the carriers that have set up with you, you know. Uh, pretty much all you're going to do, you get in that TMS, you're, you're going to open up that customer's, uh, create a new load, assign that customer, and then put all the load details, the financials, add the trucking company, uh, and you'll be able to create a load confirmation for the carrier from all of that information. And you will be able to export that information. More times than not, you're exporting the information to QuickBooks or something, you know, to create an invoice. But anyway, TMS, you're looking at about $100 a month. Okay. And if you have people that are going to be working for you, agents outside, uh, you want them to have their own seat on the TMS. You know, that you want them to have their own access. That's going to run you anywhere from $25 to $30 or $25 to $35 per month per person you give access to or per agent. Usually that's where the uh, access is going. Now, you see it can add up pretty quick. It can add up. And you got to go through that startup period. Startup period is going to be the same for a freight broker or freight broker agent. It doesn't matter. What do I mean by the startup period? Where you are actually operational. You're building the business. You're building a customer base. You're building the relationships, the carrier following. That takes time. I don't care what anybody tells you out there. You don't start brokering tomorrow and start making money next week. You know, it's always been one of my pet peeves. I, I want clients, <laughs> I want my clients at Taltoa, I want them to be successful. But it always, you know, it always, you know, whenever I get a client, they get out there first week or so, and they, you know, they're, they're happy, they thrill, they move the load, they made some money. You know, I, I'm happy for them, I'm patting them on the back, but inside I'm going, oh, man. <laughs> the reason is, uh, many of them that, you know, they get out there and, and they move a load real quick, they, uh, they, they, they get this false impression about the business. Hey, this is going to be simple. No, not really. You were in the right place, right time. You really haven't, does, don't, you don't have enough time in yet to understand that it's going to take work. And what happens is after that first load, you know, they think they're going to move a load tomorrow and that don't happen. And the next thing you know, it's two weeks later, they haven't, they haven't moved another load. You know, and they've been focused on that. Their, their attention has been drawn away from uh, adding new customers or adding customers to their customer base, making sales calls, essentially, and focused on trying to get trucks to move loads from the customers they already have. And the next thing you know, they start to get discouraged. And, you know, they they, they got to be able to really pump themselves back up you know as a consultant 
we try to explain to them, hey, look, this 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 is real. You know, yes, you you got out there, you made some money. You you see how easy it can be, and that's how easy it will be. But you got to build the business up. How long it takes to build that business up is anybody's guess. It depends on you. Are you doing the work? Are you making the sales goals? Are you doing the little things? Are you paying the attention to the details? See what I mean? This all takes time. It all takes time. But you can become successful. That's why we recommend starting out as a broker agent. You can save that money from starting your own brokerage. Now, if you've got the experience and such, you want to start your own brokerage, that's totally up to you. We've got packages at Taltoa designed to offer you training. Uh, you can even enter our mentorship program. Uh, you got the standard 12-month consulting package we provide to our uh, uh, broker clients. Uh, you've got uh, one, one of our freight broker packages includes a turnkey website. That's where uh, in the price of the package it's included. Uh, the web design, your domain, your first year of hosting, and a five-page website. You know, totally turnkey. Just depends on what's uh, there for you. But if you start out as an agent, you don't have to worry about all that overhead. You have to worry... You know, as you start as an agent, you can focus on building your customer base. You can start focusing on making that brokerage successful. So when you get to that point to where you've built up the customer base, uh, you've got, you got knowledge, you got the experience, you've got a carrier following building, that's when you can step out, get your own authority, have these expenses, and start uh, brokering freight under your own license, under your own company. Anyway, check us out at Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com. We have all kinds of packages for broker agents as well as freight brokers. We have consulting packages only for a broker. Uh, maybe you want to do self-study. we got those available too. Check it out, Taltoa dot com, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com. If you find a package you like, one that interests you, Maybe you have questions, feel free to call me. People do it all the time. 479-668-0838. Keep in mind, just so you know, uh, if you call, it's not out of the ordinary to get my voicemail. You know, I'm, I'm working with clients. I'm in training sessions, uh, doing a podcast. <laughs> uh, but usually if you leave a message, I'm able to call you back within an hour, if not uh, shortly thereafter. Okay, well, let's talk about Mayor Pete. Mayor Pete, this is what I was talking about when we first started this podcast. Uh, some of it's going to sound like a rerun, for, you know, like we're talking about, you know, it's Saturday's podcast, but it's not, it's Wednesday. Driver retention, Mayor Pete's talking again, it's a rerun. Addressing working conditions such as the lack of truck parking is a way to increase driver retention. That's according to Mayor Pete, our transportation czar, secretary. He said this during a Senate committee hearing yesterday. Come on, Pete. Do you really believe this stuff, or is this just... Uh, did you open up the OIDA or landline page and s see a couple of headlines about truck parking? And he decided, okay, this is this is it. Come on, man. 
you, you know, you're, you're, you're and every time you talk about truck parking, I mean, yeah, truck parking is a problem. It always has been. A driver shortage is a problem. It always has been. So when you start talking about ways to increase driver retention is to have more truck parking. I'll be honest with you, Pete. I don't know one driver, me included, that quit driving because, doggone it, there just wasn't enough places to park. <laughs> you know, we most of us quit and got out of the truck because the government kept on passing stupid laws, which is something we're going to be talking about. Another one of those here in a minute. We talked about it Saturday, but uh, it's progressed. We'll talk about that here in a minute. Uh, again, Pete said we lose about, this is what I'm talking about. He said this stuff last week. We lose about 300,000 truck drivers a year. It's funny because I told you Saturday too, OIDA, you know, they had a question for him. Well, if we're losing 300,000 truck drivers a year, how is that possible when there are over 400,000 CDLs issued a year? Mayor Pete says we have to look at everything from working conditions to compensation. Among the conditions I would mention critically important is truck parking. Let's not talk about ELDs. <laughs> Let's not talk about fuel prices. Let's not talk about being force-fed this green stuff making all these changes. Let's not talk about driving away drivers by, you know, the threat looming back here of autonomous trucks, which everybody knows isn't going to be reality. And if at least not for a very, very, very long time. Anyway, he goes on to say the sooner we can address those, the sooner we can not only bring people into the career, but have people stay and thrive in that vitally important part of our supply chain. Now, I'm going to tell you, Pete, when I was driving, before we got all this stupid money out there, I mean, you know, a driver getting paid $110,000 a year by Walmart, hey, that's good money. I made good money when I was driving. Made great money. Why did I get out of a truck? Because I got tired of not being home. Uh, you know, there, there's an old joke, but it's true. Drivers say, you know, got tired of my dog biting me every time I came home thinking because he didn't recognize me anymore. You know, you leave and you're, you you got a, a baby that you held in your arms. When you left, when you come back home, you know, almost don't recognize her. That's why a lot of people leave the industry. There are those. Uh, I've, I've got a buddy. Matter of fact, he's my neighbor across the street. He is the driver every trucking company wish they could have. And since I've known him 15, 16 years since we've been neighbors, he's, he's driven for two companies. Two companies. He's a company driver. Does what he does. No complaints. That, that's that that's the driver everybody wants, but not everybody's that way. Washington just needs to get out of it, let the industry handle it. But anyway, knowing that people are the most critical element to the supply chain, <clears throat> people, 
How about trucks first? Let the trucking companies handle it. Who better, who better to run the trucking industry than the trucking companies? But, you know, I'm not saying do away with things that uh, would be detrimental to people working for the trucking company, obviously, but let's uh, let the trucking companies handle it. They know what's wrong with the industry. ATA, nah, they're just, you know, the, anything I see from them anymore, you know, it, it don't make a lot of sense. But anyway, uh, we've acted help truck drivers by addressing time spent behind the wheel without being paid. See, in trucking, when I was trucking, that was motivation to drive the truck <laughs> so you could make money. <laughs> by guiding states to build additional safe truck parking, and by nearly doubling the number of registered apprenticeship programs so that more drivers enter the profession with high quality and paid on-the-job training. It's always been there, Pete. Always been there. The paid on-the-job training. Even when I started driving. I, you know, yeah, I had to pay to get my CDL. I've, I've told this story before, you know, I had to go down to, uh, well, Harold Ives hired me. No experience, just a Class D driver license. They sent me down to Stuttgart for a couple of weeks. I had to pay my hotel bill, seems like. But the training was free. Two weeks later, I got my CDL. I got in a truck uh, with a driver, experienced driver. He was my trainer. Nobody wants that. <laughs> I guess there are good trainers out there. I was a pretty good trainer. I trained some drivers. But, uh, yeah, my, my guy, and I hear these stories all the time. My guy was just, he was a good guy. Just a little nutty, you know, a little bit more nuts than I'd. I'm a nut too, but he was a little bit nuttier. Let's put it that way. Anyway. All of this is designed to move a record amount of goods more quickly and to stem the rising cost of shipping. And it's showing results. No, it's not. You may be, yeah. In addition to compensation, Mayor Pete said that truck drivers' inability to find safe parking is another reason they choose to leave the industry. He keeps harping on this. Parking, park, yeah, let's do some parking. Come on. Matter of fact, they built a new truck stop not 15 miles from here. Went by it the other day. Parking lot's empty, and it's huge. I bet it's 10 acres, if not more. It's huge. Two trucks, two trucks. Anyway, Mayor Pete, uh, maybe we need to talk more about what's really affecting the industry. Speed limiters notice is about to hit the federal register. That's going to be happening today. We talked about this Saturday. Speed limiters, yeah. FMCSA moving forward with an advance notice of supplemental proposed rulemaking to mandate speed limiters on commercial vehicles. It's happening today. Drivers, as well as you, the general public, or you, the driver, you're going to have 30 days to comment. I highly urge you to discourage them putting a limiter on the truck. Now, I know a lot of you, if you're just a four-wheeler, you're thinking, good, they need these trucks to slow down. It's going to be more dangerous if the trucks, if you get all the trucks who are in one speed, <laughs> it's going to be a nightmare out there. Have you ever seen two trucks, maybe a Schneider truck, maybe a Swift truck, maybe even a JB Hunt truck, 
one of those trying to pass the other. I'm not pulling those out. I just I know those are pretty much limited. They have speed limiters on them. See one trying to pass the other, and it they it just doesn't happen. Matter of fact, uh, oh, I put out a video here a few years back about this. Uh, you know, this is this is great. Hits it right on the head. This would explain this to you. Just another day, driving down your favorite highway, enjoying another ride, except when that view of two trailer backsides are staring you in the face. We've all been there. Wondering if these drivers are playing games with us just for the fun of it. While you're sitting there saying to yourself, Very funny, you ass. This is a great joke. Eventually leading to something kind of like this. You doing something crazy. Very unsafe. Sad. What you wouldn't have known is that those two drivers were saying something like, I'm trying. These damn speed limiters. This is a joke. So, what's going on here? It starts right here, with those limiters. Speed limiting. Why it exists, and why it shouldn't. Didn't know that some want to mandate that all large trucks are speed limited? Okay, let's 101 this. Speed limiters are governors on a vehicle's engine used to limit its top speed. Most commonly, they are used in large commercial vehicles with the hopes of gaining better fuel economy. So it all sounds pretty good, right? Everyone driving in harmony, cars and trucks sharing the road, all while saving a ton of money. There's just one problem with all of this. Well, maybe more than one. For example, let's take this scene. With speed limiters, you might think this is how it would be every vehicle driving along without hesitation or issue. But what really happens is something like this. Trucks eventually need to pass other trucks, meet their deadlines, and get where they're going. And while this seems logical, with limiters, the amount of interactions between vehicles goes up, which leads to problems. Okay, so it's not as basic as we thought. Let's dial up that problemometer and invent new words while we're at it. For all locations where the speed limit is greater than 70 miles per hour, a vehicle with a speed limiter set at 65 is exposed to a higher accident involvement rate, 50 to 80% more than vehicles traveling with the speed of traffic. How does that make sense, you ask? It's simple. The larger the speed differential between trucks and other vehicles, the higher the number of interactions between vehicles, which equals higher accident involvement risk. According to a study by Dr. Stephen Johnson of the University of Arkansas, the frequency of interactions with other vehicles by a vehicle traveling 10 miles per hour below the posted speed limit is 227% higher than when moving at traffic speed. Many motorists have the opinion that trucks going slower would be less risky and be safer. In fact, with trucks going at a different speed than automobiles, you have many more interactions among the cars. It is less fatiguing to drive for 10 hours at 70 miles an hour than it is to drive 11 hours at 63 miles an hour. And in fact, that causes more risk. It also causes more fuel consumption. So a smooth flow with the the traffic at the same speed is actually the safest, most cost-effective situation. Okay, 
So congestion occurs when speed differentials are greater. Not good. But what about the drivers? There are real people driving these trucks. Speed limiters put pressure on drivers to make up for lost productivity, which too often occurs in poor conditions, leading to the cause of the majority of speed-related crashes, driving too fast for the conditions. And that whole fuel savings thing sounds great in theory, but what isn't mentioned is the fuel consumption of vehicles and trucks passing. The fuel savings for the trucks become irrelevant when compared to the frequent acceleration and deceleration required when passing vehicles that are slower than the average traffic speed. Alright, you get the point. If trucks are forced to slow down, we'll be right back where we started. Or, if they aren't, everyone might be able to get back to driving again. The trucks can pass each other if they need to, and you can go on your merry way. Heck, you might even give those drivers that keep your country supplied a thumbs up on your way by. We know they are. And that's why preserving trucks' ability to keep up is vital to safety and efficiency. So instead of forcing speed limiters into trucks, how about giving control to the best speed limiter we know? The professional driver's foot. Consider yourself Limiter Enlightened. Brought to you by OOIDA, fighting for the rights of professional truckers since 1973. Enlightenment OOIDA, OOIDA. Yeah, you've heard me uh, talk. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we don't. I mean, that's the way it should be, right? They're a good organization. You know, they uh, are out to help their membership. But boy, they hit that right on the head. I mean, they hit it right on the head. Yeah, that uh, Dr. Johnson that was in that video from uh, Arkansas. Hello. <laughs> He's right. You know, if you're if you're going slower than all the rest of the traffic, 63, 64, 65, 68 miles an hour. Matter of fact, uh, the last time they brought this up, they had uh, uh, previous proposals for speed, limiting the speed. It said at 60, 65, or 68 miles per hour. Come on, give me a break. But uh, going at slower, slower sp speed... Oh, it, it will wear you out. You wouldn't think that, but you're not going with the flow of the traffic. You're always fighting. Your body's always fighting because it wants to, it needs to go quicker. Because everybody else is just flying by. It's just nuts. And then it's uh, more stress. You know, you you get behind a big truck. Okay, if you're a big truck, and, and you drivers know this, you get behind a big truck that's governed, and you're governed, yeah, you're going to be catching up to that big truck. And because he's acting well, kind of like NASCAR, you know, he's deflecting that air. You're getting in that draft, and you're going to be able to go a little bit quicker. And so you feel like you got to pull out and pass him. And then you pull out the other lane, then you got all that wind hitting you. <laughs> no draft anymore. Now you're back down, and you're going slower. You can't get around him. And now you can't get back over because it's just a mess. Washington, I'm sorry, they... They need to uh, sit back, take a breath, and, and Mayor Peach, you need to pay attention to this. This is this stuff like this is what's driving people out of the industry and people's convoy. If anybody from there is listening, this is the kind of stuff that's affecting our industry. This is what you should be protesting. COVID yesterday, fuel prices, this kind of stupid stuff. You know the the anyway. It is what it is. All right. Uh, birthdays today. If you're having a birthday, happy birthday to you. Uh, pretty good company. Audrey Hepburn, Paul Gleason, uh, 
if that name, well, Audrey Hepburn was born in this age back in 1929. Uh, Paul Gleason, if that don't sound familiar to you, maybe the Breakfast Club does. He was the uh, vice principal in study hall that day. <laughs> also, he's Clarence Beaks in Trading Places. Uh, back with the uh, Eddie movie, uh, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd movie back in the, uh, what, 80s, I guess? Has it been that long? Pia Zadora, you got to be my age to know who she is. <laughs> She's having a birthday today. Will Arnett, he was the Lego movie's Batman. He's uh, 52 today, so happy birthday to him. I want to remind you, too, if you haven't ordered yours yet, you can get the FBTV official podcast mug go to our website freightbrokertv.com order it there and a couple of weeks you'll be drinking coffee out of a mug just like this excellent mug now the uh, impossible question let me get back to that before i forget no we lost our focus anyway there we go i don't know why that can't well i know why i'm 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 doing it we got it on self-focus and uh, it's taking time to find itself again and again. Where did I put that in my notes? Don't you hate that when you move something? There it is. Under my mug. Okay, today's impossible question. 45% of people who work out on a regular basis say they do this at least once a week. What is it? Well, they work out with their dog. How about that? Okay, I remembered. All right, that's going to wrap it up for uh, Wednesday, May 4th, today's podcast. We will be back Saturday morning, don't forget, Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Not sure if we will be live or not. We used to our live stream on YouTube, 9 a.m. Saturday morning. But it's gonna. we're still going to have a podcast, Q&A day. Saturdays are Q&A day, so make sure... You uh, get your questions into us. Uh, you can send them to me, FBTV at FreightBrokerTV.com. There are contact forms on our website at FreightBrokerTV. Also, Skype. You may Skype us at FBTV. Just do a search on your Skype app for FBTV. You'll find us. Send us your questions. All right, very good. Go have a great Wednesday. Unless you've made other plans, we'll talk soon. <music>